Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload Film Review Podcast, our first one of the season. We are going to be diving into how the Seahawks lost by 17 points to the Los Angeles Rams, chiefly asking the two main questions. How did the defense collapse on third down, which is their main issue? And then how did the offense do nothing in the second half after looking promising? But before that, Griff, I'm joined by Griffin see Mike spin move on Twitter as usual. Before that, Griff, we have to look into the Seahawks tackle situation. Right tackle Abraham Lucas, after leaving the game with a sore knee, which he'd been managing throughout the, the whole of the offseason, he has been placed on injured reserve, which means he has to miss four games, not four weeks. So he's he's out. And then on the other side, Charles Cross is out of practice right now. He's not practicing. Uh, via a source that I have, my understanding is that's a one to two game thing with his sprained big toe. So I expect him to miss this game against Detroit. We'll see if he can make the following game against the Carolina Panthers. Or is it the Giants? Um, I don't Come know. Come on, Griff. It was going so well. Yeah, I know. And then I came and ruined it. I don't know, actually. You d- you're just taking it one game at a time? Like one Pete Carroll? Of- yeah. Yeah, I'm only. I only can think about the Detroit Lions right now. It's I believe it's the Carolina Panthers. You can't go two and zero this week. You can only go one and zero. So, Griff, both tackles out. <clears throat> yeah. How first before we deal with like the moves Seattle's made, the corresponding moves they've made to uh, try and be okay. How how do we just feel about Cross and Lucas? Because we had such high hopes coming in. Yeah. Uh, they're both in the second seasons. We expected big gains. And then we saw how the offense collapsed in the second half, during which, you know, those two guys weren't on the field. Uh, and obviously, Geno Smith was sacked three times. The guys who came in did okay, didn't they? They just um, gave up some uh, sacks at the end, pressures at the end when it was clear pass. But before that, mm-hmm. it was okay. But yeah. How big yeah, a miss is this? Yeah, it's not great because we expected Charles and Abraham to play better in their their following games. So we're kind of we're kind of viewing how the replacements will do relative to how we project Charles and, and Lucas or Cross and Lucas to do moving forward. 
it's not great. Um, we, I mean, we, we saw how how the second half protection hurt them, their ability to go downfield because they were they were trying. They weren't not trying to get downfield to try to get chunk gains. <clears throat> so um, I I will be curious to see how this limits them schematically in terms of what they're trying to do intentionally, and then like the results uh, thereafter as well. Obviously, we can expect it to be a huge hindrance. And then the other thing, the communication standpoint of it, I mean, that's two guys to down of you have an offensive line that that's 40% of your offensive line. So um, continuity is really important. So um, at least with um, at least with Peters, if he can go this week, which I doubt he will be able to, but if he can go this week, at least he's incredibly experienced. Like he's seen as much football as you can see, probably can pick up on a playbook and terminology really easily. Um, I guess it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, Jake Curran has started games before he knows the language. Um, he's been serviceable, so it may not be a disaster, but it's, it's just kind of a touch and go thing. Yeah. So as you've mentioned, Jason Peters signs, he filled in right tackle for the Dallas Cowboys from, I believe it was week 14 onwards in 2022. He is 41 years old. He is probably a future hall of famer but he is way past uh those standards now uh griff you've a- you actually um were sick and watched some of his tape last year so i'd like to pick your brains on that but uh i believe he is a left tackle depth now seattle did also resign uh greg island um that they-, they had released him he can do a bit of left tackle but he's more like a left guard for them uh-huh. he which Really, the reason they've done that is because Jake Curhan was a backup guard and now they need him at right tackle. So they just needed more interior offensive linemen. But yeah, Peters is that left tackle uh, if Cross can't go, which I don't expect him to go against Detroit. And yeah, he's been signed to the practice squad, but he'll be able to do, again, why that's significant. You practice squad, you're allowed two, two call-ups and then you're, you know, you either need to be signed permanently to the roster or something happens, right? Um, and uh, I think that's correct. I, Griff, how does practice squad work? Help me. Um, well, you can you can pretty much sign anyone to the practice squad now. But is there a limit to two two call ups? Like per week? Yeah. No, no. I, like I, you're activated twice, and then you have to be signed to the active roster or not? Oh, 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 oh yeah. I think it's two. I do think it's two. I might be wrong. So while I looked that up, Griff, what did you think of Peters' tape? Um, he can still play. He he was still good for Dallas, and he did a couple of different things for them too. He didn't just play left tackle. Um, he is like he, he's a technician, and his play strength is there. The only thing is that pure speed can cause him issues, just because he's forty-one years old. Um, you know, four to forty-one at three hundred pounds, but. Uh, he's a fu- he he gave Dallas functional tackle play, like probably as good as Charles Cross was last year. You know, so I mean, if if he's good to go, they might be fine. Um, and and I, I suspect Peters probably could have signed with the team earlier on in the offseason, and he's just biding his time, waiting for like the ideal scenario, and this is probably ideal for him. This is probably what he was wanting, waiting to see who was desperate and or who got injured. Not that he's rooting for injuries, but, you know, so they, they might be okay with him in there. 
Yeah, and I'm seeing, uh, <clears throat> thank you, Jen, in the chat, but also uh, on the NFL website, it says they can promote this player from a practice squad no more than three times in a year. Oh, okay. So, so as I've heard, Cross is a one-to-two game thing, but if it takes slightly longer for him, then Peters is there. But that's encar super encouraging that his tape's okay. And then when it comes to Jake Curhon, of course, was an undrafted free agent for the Seahawks in 2021, wasn't it? Wow, that's crazy. It was that long ago. Um, Pete Carroll had an affinity for him because of his uh, California background and the high school he went to, if I recall correctly. But uh, mm. he was pretty solid uh, down the stretch of certain games. Like All the games he's played in, Seattle's got over 100 rushing yards, I think, in every single one. I think it's five games that he started. Uh, I remember against mm -hmm. the Chicago Bears, Sean Desai defense, they, they, he was a real good mauler on the backside of his own stuff. But as a pass protector, yeah. he's a definite downgrade to Abraham Lucas. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for sure that that's the case. He, uh, he just doesn't have the foot speed to, to protect on deep arc rushes. And that's kind of a concern if they want to, if they want to go deep, I mean, you got to throw, it's got to be a deeper drop. So, um, I don't know. I mean, they, their play action scheme shouldn't be affected by this too much. Um, we'll we'll see what i mean yeah we'll see how this limits their drop back game hopefully not too much though um if so i remember in the the toward the end of 2021 russ in the pocket was better the final month of the season than he was in the few weeks that he got back from and even better than he was before his injury in that season his last mm -hmm. season with the seahawks and he kind of figured out Curran and Curran kind of figured out Russ that yep. Curran would lose in that eight to yard win that eight yard window. So Russ would, to his credit, would make a point to step up consistently. So Curran would lose consistently, but he would lose to the same spot consistently against really good speed rushers. So hopefully he and Gino can kind of develop the same sort of relationship. And, and Gino is more, is firmer in the pocket on average than Russell Wilson is just stylistically. So uh, there should be, there could be potentially be a positive feedback loop there with them. Um, but yeah, against like just the speediest of guys, like, I don't know, is he's probably better to go uh, of edge rushers that are considered good. I would rather Jake Kerhan go up against Aiden Hutchinson than James Houston for Detroit. I would worry about the Houston matchups more than the Hutchinson matchups with him. So, Yep. But we'll see. So Seattle also uh, tried to shore up their tackle depth by signing two players off rival NFL teams' practice squads. The first is Raekwon O'Neal. Uh, he played left tackle at UCLA after transferring from Rutgers, and he's huge. He, he has almost 34-inch long arms. Uh, he's 6'3 and 4'8 of an inch. Um, and he, he tested pretty well just across the board. So the fact that he was an undrafted free agent this past year uh, kind of reflects how raw his tape uh, must be. But I know he it, he was impressing with um, in the preseason. Uh, he was with the Falcons, right? No. This is so badly prepared. Damn it. Um. Do you recall, Griff? No, I remember reading it. <laughs> look, look at us. Look the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a red team. Oh, that's right. 
Okay, I remember that. And now. and Buccaneers <clears throat> fans were really upset. I, I saw a lot of the Twitter reaction to that where they were just like, shoot, we, we lost this guy. And then the other dude that Seattle signed is McClendon Curtis, who is kind of perceived as a guard by some people. Um, he was with the Raiders. I believe Seattle will be looking at him more as a right tackle, uh, an emergency right tackle, but we'll have to see. Mm. I mean, he's 6'5", with 35-inch long arms and, and weighs 324 pounds, so he is huge as well. Another undrafted yeah. free agent, he went to um, University of uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Oh, no, Ch- yeah, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. So probably raw, but has that profile that Andy Dickerson loves these big offensive tackles who are tall and, and long and, and big. <laughs> And if anything, at least they're big, so they're a longer think, uh, man to run around for an edge rusher. But against Detroit, you know, the Aiden Hutchinson hype is is massive. Uh, Bryce Rossler of Sports Info Solutions, uh, on Tuesday, he told me about uh, the rest of Detroit's pass rush being uh, interesting. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, is it? But they'll they'll yeah, have no. to scheme intelligently and and uh yeah not be morons you know in the past when they've when they've schemed scared in a way because they're worried about a, a talent imbalance or a mismatch somewhere with the opponent it, it doesn't really work for them they don't get the the cheesy kind of cheeky yardage that they think they will when they scheme bigger when they scheme big i i think they end up having more success so just I hope they, they're just willing to take the lumps that uh, come with, you know, the, the talent discrep- discrepancy because they're, they're still going to be leaving meat on the bone. I mean, they still need to scheme like they have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Geno Smith. Like, you don't need to turtle up completely. It might mean less pistol, more under center. It might mean more really selling the hard run action and living in that world and getting more under center defense. So I'm not sure they were exactly getting the looks they wanted out of pistol um no. against the rams so um yeah we'll see yeah and remember also seattle has uh, ben brown who they signed uh very uh, well about 10 days ago now um right f- from the bengals when they placed derek young on ir uh he's more of a guard i think but the the other thing to note is that running back kenny mcintosh was the corresponding move so he's been placed on injured reserve along with lucas so right. his season, realistically, unless the things remarkably improve quickly, or Seattle gets hit with a uh, injury to the running back room, McIntosh's season is basically injury redshirted. I'd say. Yeah, it's not looking great at the moment, which is really frustrating for him. Yeah, because I mean, he was ahead <laughs> of uh, Zach Charbonnet. It was Charbonnet getting banged up? Hmm. Yep. Okay, Griff. All right, are we newsed out? We're newsed out. It's now time for the tape. It's time for the olds now. <laughs> so, how how bad was it? Just overall impressions? Uh, like speaking past defense, it was really bad. It was bad from every angle in terms of the stuff that you we classify as you know things under your control, things that you can control. They were bad at. They were bad at uh, communi- communicating. They were bad at 
um, like handling, like you said before, stacks and bunches. Um, they just weren't playing like their zones right. They weren't playing when it came to match up, like man up effectively. Um, otherwise, good players, players that have have enough of a body of work of doing well in those situations just got beat. Like Quandre Diggs had a lousy game playing free safety. Um, so things like that, just, just adding up, it was really a perfect storm. Um, so much of it though, truly is so fixable that however good or bad they're going to be, they're going to be better than this just by virtue of there's no way they put together a performance like that again, like just trim out, trim the stuff that we consider they can actually fix this irrespective of who the opponent is and then assess from there. And then once they start playing, like Tariq Woolen was not the, 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 the Reek Woolen of last year in this game, like athletically, even though the ball didn't go his way enough for it to matter. Um, <clears throat> like I wouldn't put him at the top of the list, even though he probably didn't have a good game. Like he's going to be better than that. Uh, and, and, and this is even before we get into Devin Witherspoon coming and Jamal Adams coming. Like we don't even need to I talk about I was very disappointed them. with Woolen, I have to say. Yeah, no, and, and fair. But like, like we even, even more so watching it back. Like, it's just like he wasn't ready for the game. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe he's not, given how much of the offseason he missed, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they'd have expected and, a lot more. And, and another thing here before we really get into the tape, like, even though Trey Brown won won the training camp battle, and he looked okay in preseason, Michael Jackson also looked pretty good in preseason last year. And it took him... It took him five games to get up to speed. I mean, he was kind of a disaster the first month of the season last year. And then it got to a point where he's giving them serviceable play. Now, yeah, they wanted to upgrade on that via Devin Witherspoon. But the point is, is that the scheme with Michael Jackson in the starting lineup was able to produce the seventh ranked pass defense over the last 12 weeks of the season. And that's right when Michael Jackson starts to become serviceable. So I think there's a similar thing going on with Trey. Like he just seemed uncertain. Like what Trey has, whatever he, whatever skill, whatever talent he has, he wasn't really able to apply in this game because there are just so many other things that they needed to take care of first. Um, like not knowing what technique should I play here in this situation? How do I, like how how are we passing off? You know, like um, intersecting stems out of a out of a stack or a bunch or something like that. Um, like, what do I do? Like, oh, am I supposed to squeeze here or do I zone off? Like, stuff like that. Like, the deliberate choices you make before you even get into the execution of those choices. You know, stuff like that. And that's something that goes for the whole defense. Like, Kobe Bryant, even though he's playing nickel, he found himself playing dime linebacker, basically. He's never done that before. Some of it translates from how he would have to match from the vertical hook and half quarter quarter as the nickel. Like, some of that overlaps a little bit. But he still has never done this before ever, except for probably in in practice, right? And he just looked like a fish out of water. Like he just didn't know what he was doing. Um, and it kind of speaks to the things that linebackers do in coverage, the the phrasing, we'll just have a safety to it. Like those guys aren't linebackers. Like it's the linebackers have thousands of reps between practice and games and training camp and preseason to get good at this. Like hook plays an art. Like you can't just drop in any DB and expect them to be good at it. Um, because you you need the the experience there, so they're they're going to be better than this. That that's that's all I can say, really. So Lauren Johnson says the team did not seem prepared to play. That is a coaching issue. Uh, I would agree partially with what you're saying there, Lauren, and I was very much disappointed. 
with uh, certain elements of how they basically got out coached by Sean McVay and how the Rams were prepared for certain things. Now, one positive in terms of the data, which we mentioned in our post-game show as well, is that to the Rams running back, Seattle gave up just 2.2 yards per carry on 37 rushing attempts. And if you want to remove that final drive where the Rams went 12 personnel heavy, Seattle responded by running their 3-4 front for the first time in the game, uh, they still only, you know, remove those things where they're geared up to play the run and they know they're getting run the garbage time. Seattle still allowed an impressive 2.6 yards per carry. So Seattle was prepared to play the run and for the Rams run concepts, their boot, def- uh, their, their play action boot defense and the play action like wrinkles off that, uh, Seattle did an okay job. I they felt. were pretty good, actually. They, yeah. they were, it was like up and down, but like it's tough what the Rams do, and it's week one, and most of the issues Seattle had, I felt, were like a chemistry and understanding thing between certain players. But what really sucked, and kind of what Lon's talking about, is that two things. So, Griff, you mentioned the condensed and, and bunched-up receivers. I mean, Sean McVay, he bunched and stacked Seattle's to death, to death and Seattle, whether they're in zone or man coverage, they got annihilated when... The Rams were in bunch and stacked stuff. So when the Rams were bunched and stacked, so two receivers tight together is a stack, three receivers uh, bunched together is is, is a bunch. Um, or if they motioned and, and were condensed tight at the snap, had the third guy, if you want to imagine my head's the third receiver. In those situations, uh, the Rams had 151 of their 331 passing yards, 11 of their 24 completions, five of their 11 third down conversions, and four of their eight explosive plays. So that was a massive factor in this game, uh, which we're going to look um, at the the third down situation where Seattle went 11 for 17. Uh, they allowed uh, first down conversions on third down, which isn't good enough. They want that number way below 50%. Obviously, 11 out of 17 is higher than 50%. It's over 60%. Now, what really stands out uh, to Griff and I is that the, you know, third downs are hard in the NFL, right? Like, like offenses are trying to get, pick up first downs. They're trying to extend drives. Defenses are, are trying to stop them, obviously. Uh, but when it's third and four plus that's when you really need to get off the field as a defense. And what's so disappointing is that Seattle is geared up to play. uh, So they want to stop the run and then they want to have fun on those third and four plus situations because generally speaking, that's when you know you're going to get pass. So you can suddenly cheat your stuff a bit more to play and pass. Up front, you can start rushing the passer more. Uh, You can get more exotic with your coverage, more exotic with your overall looks gear yourself more towards the pass and seattle did try and do that uh, on these third and four pluses and we can kind of speak to that a bit more but they failed so nine of those 11 third down conversions that the rams had were in third and four plus territory and only one of them was a tendency change in run the rest of all passes seattle was in a variety of coverages a variety of fronts um I'll, i'll give some data on that but griff they they couldn't get off the field yeah, no, they couldn't. Um, and I, I wonder if, I mean, like we talked about earlier, it was like any given play, it was Kobe doesn't know how to play a hook. Bobby had bad hook play, maybe just doesn't have the athleticism to to move to move well enough in, in his uh, spot drops. Um, it was it was the, the corners not squeezing um, and in breaking route, even though it's a zone call, a lot of it. 
Um, if it was man, like pure man, like Julian loves just losing, losing his, his matchup. Um, it was, so it was a whole lot of that. Um, now, and then also Stafford legitimately was insane. He might've had one of the, one of the better games of his career and he's had a lot of good ones. Um, considering that like they didn't have any of their, their top tier skill talent this game and they already lost a bunch of guys in free agency. I mean, that was a masterclass from Stafford. Um, still the Seahawks made it pretty easily made it pretty easy on him um we we, they've already put out the um they've already put out the template game plan to stop all those inbreakers it was the the second matchup of the 2021 season the the stat or uh, that that year or that game that was their second fewest targets into the 10 to 20 yard bracket for their whole season the year the rams won the super bowl um, so they figured it out and really what the secret is just getting depth in your zone and peaking receivers and then working back to the quarterback with your eyes um, because you, you you have to you have to you have to find the depth of the inbreakers and then you have to get eyes back on the quarterback so that you melt into the next window well and basically it's just that game was Ugo Amadi and Jordan Brooks playing their ass off and this game it was Kobe Bryant not being as good as Ugo Amadi in zone principles. And it was an aged Bobby Wagner not being even as good as he was two years ago, but definitely not being as good as Jordan Brooks was that game, not being as good as Jordan Brooks is now. Um, and and there and I went over in our uh, in my little tape breakdown video of Jordan, like Jordan knows how they're attacking the defense. He knows how how to inform his own little micro adjustments he makes in his zone based off of the formation, the receiver splits the post-snap releases, the, the depth of the quarterback drop, the, the quarterback eyes, you know, et cetera. He, he adds it all up, and then he he puts the picture together in the back of his head. And, and right now, they don't have anyone else that can do that. Um, people don't – many people didn't like to hear it, but that was something Cody Barton was really good at last year. They don't have him. So if, if they're going to get better at it, I think, uh, yeah, it would be great if everyone just gets better at it. I think Kobe should get better at it. But ideally, they bring in Jamal in those dime situations so he can play the hook to kind of simulate what Barton gave them. Um, and then I think he and Brooks uh, will will give cover three a lot more life because we have to remember last year, rush for cover three, they were the best pass defense. Um, and that more so kicked off around week six, but they were the best rush for cover three pass defense last year. So, <clears throat> And they relied on great hook play. So those interior middle zones. So, yeah, make sure to check out that video from Griff on Jordan Brooks because it's a, it's a great look and an explain of how it kind of all fits in. Um, now, those return to those third and four plus calls, which is the the tape we're really going to watch because it's a clear issue. Which uh, it just so happens to isolate. Well, it just so happens to highlight a lot of the things Seattle needs to improve, but it's it. It itself is the the main thing they need to fix because if they fix that, then it will fix a lot of things along the way. Now, I, I sp- spoke about they had a, a pretty solid diversity, maybe too much. Um, so twelve of their thirteen third and four were they're in dime, which Griff spoke to how Bryant's less familiar with that. Then five of it was man, eight of it was zone coverage. Uh, four of those were middle field open, nine of them were middle field closed, so a bit more one high than you might expect. But that, to me, spoke of them trying to be a bit more aggressive. Um, 
Then nine of those reps, they were in a two, three tech front, which designed to get pass rush. Three of those times they were in an overload front. Uh, so designed to try and get good protection stuff. And then eight of those occasions, they were trying pass rush games. So movements up front to try and get better pass rush. And then within that as well, four times they sent a blitz. So one extra guy, so five guys rushing the passer. And then one of those times they ran a creeper where they they sent a, a, a backer and dropped a, a, someone off the edge. So they played, you know, um, like mm. it's still a pressure concept. So that's a lot of different things there. And, you know, I, I know there's complaints that people felt they're playing soft zone all game or they weren't playing man, but Griff, they were doing a, pretty much a lot of stuff. Do you think there's a an argument that it, maybe, you know, this is how they designed it so that everyone can learn and they can see what they're good at? But do you think they tried to do too much in week one, given that these guys hadn't played in the preseason? Um, I mean, they, they probably did. In hindsight, they probably feel that way. Every year when they get, when they get better, it does correlate with scheme tweaks and or changes. So in 2020, when they got better, it was a matter of they, they played less cover one, they, they blitzed less, they ran less fire zones, and they just played boring rush for cover three behind a bear front, and they got really good at it because um, they simplified the rules that also happened to be if you were to isolate what they did do well the first half of 2020 it was playing rush for cover three behind a bear front they just didn't do it very much so they did that more and and also got better at it in 2021 they pretty after like that um that disastrous well rams game uh, but we remember the vikings game too which was pretty bad and and the second half of that titans game uh, they took their pre-existing structure and they pretty much just made the nickel have a little bit more aggression in his matching and everything else stayed the same. And that was really all they needed that took pressure off of Bobby. He didn't have to match things anymore. Um, and they also had Brooks gain more depth in his, in his curl when he was, when he was to the cover two side and they just choked concepts out. And that was it. Then they started to pressure a little bit more in second downs. And that was why they were one of the best pass defenses in 2021 against receivers and tight ends or at the second and third level, how, whichever way you want to capture that. Um, they just had the check down problem last year when they, when they started to fix things, it was, well, they changed their front structure, but it was just the youthful guys just had more time together. And then Ryan, Neal got back in the lineup who was an established player. So I think this year it's just a case of, I mean, maybe they need to simplify their scheme a little bit. Maybe they do less things, just find, just pick like, pick any of those calls and then just drill the crap out of it. Um, but I think a huge part of this turnaround that is going to happen whenever it happens, it will happen though. It's going to be what I've already said. Rick Willen finds his footing again. The left, the left corner spot gets better either via Devin Witherspoon being out there or Trey just gets his feet under him again. Um, you know, and, and, and Kobe just kind of finds his footing as well. Um, I don't think Quandre Diggs and Julian Love are going to continue to play poorly. They've been good football players their whole career. Not, not like they haven't had rough games before. Diggs had a couple last year, but we all still think of Quandre Diggs as a good safety. Julian Love was a good safety for the Giants last year. Nothing special, but he was good, solid. Um, he'll be and, and solid and good at the same things that he did in this game. So he'll 
he'll he'll he'll bounce back. I hope so. I'm sure the Seahawks do too. So shall we look at the the third and four plus situations? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so here's the first one, which is on the first drive. They allowed four of these uh, conversions, the passing down conversions on the first drive, which is always going to be tough. So Seattle on this play is in man-to-man. And I think the vision when they're playing man-to-man across the board, so we've got man at the top here, man here, man here, man here. And then it's interesting how these safeties play, which we'll talk about in a second. But the vision is they should have guys who are better than than the opposition, right? Well, if you think about Witherspoon coming right. in, how Jamal Adams can play man to most tight ends, um, you know, the, those two missing pieces who are, you know, su- supposed to return. Brooks's athletic ability, and then, you know, Love can man if he needs to occasionally. Diggs can do it against certain body types, and they're both interesting safeties as well they should be able to man up on dudes. Mm-hmm. Now, on this play, Drift, my take is that the pass rush needs to be better here. And rush and coverage go together. Um, and you see they complete this little return route to Tyler Higby. Which is fairly tightly covered, too. Tightly covered. I mean, I, I don't know if Brooks has a peek back at the quarterback, which I don't like. Like, he just should key the hip of the... I think he's checking to see if it's a screen maybe because of this release. Mm. But I don't like how he looks at the quarterback. Just key the hip and maintain relationship. I mean, really, he should pitch his tenth the inside. Um, I think he, you know, if he hasn't looked back at the quarterback, I think he, he doesn't feel as inclined to overstep like he did. But yeah, in the end, yeah. uh, he is trying to defend the sticks here, um, which is right. up here. And he does recover and almost make a pass breakup. Now, the safeties, I believe, are like playing quarters, but with man, you know, man underneath. Yeah. I think they do that because of the condensed split. Like, if you look here, this is condensed. This is condensed. So, coverage-wise, you can't really play it like two-man where you're going to trail the guy up on the inside. You kind of have to uh, play outside leverage and yeah, funnel it in. It's It's definitely two-man at least yeah. up top, because Love is definitely playing uh, cover two principles. Um, and then there's a potential for Diggs to be more of like a robber type. Um, I don't think that's what this is. I, I, I wondered, but I don't think it is. I think there there could be, got, yeah. I, I think they've both got a degree of freedom. I think the idea, as, as Griff spoke to, to me in the chat, is that these guys look like it could be zone, it could be quarters uh, to, to the quarterback, and then it's actually man um I don't love the coverage, to be honest, but like there's a lot of plays where if Seattle just had Diggs playing in the hole immediately, it would have been a lot more useful. I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, nor do I. NFL hashes, it just is kind of wild. Um, anyway, the problem, though, on the play is Stafford is able to read out this little, and by the way, this head start motion or whatever it's been called, is uh is a real advantage uh to the Rams later, but they handle it well. Bryant and Woolen, Woolen takes the new guy. Bryant takes his guy. Good disruption. Stafford looks there, doesn't like this look. Switches to this dig. Uh, Quandre Diggs is in the window, so he's been able to read out this bunch. Um, mm-hmm. and at that point, that's an eternity in the NFL. Like if you go from snap to uh to this, he's had about three seconds in the pocket. Um. 
The problem is that he's able to get backside without really feeling the rush at all. Like this is a clean ass pocket. Um, this yeah. there's no stress on this throw. Uh, he has all day. Absolutely. He's even able, he's even able to clutch because he hesitates yeah. with Brooks's undercut and then is able to clutch. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, now, yeah. why why does he have so much time in the pocket? Well, Jaron Reed spoke um, post game about communication. That's one thing he mentioned. Then Pete Carroll spoke about taking advantage of the opportunities, listening to Reed, benefiting off him, and also revealed that he's the game caller. So. If you watch pre-snap, why Seattle's uh, crowd noise is so important is the center points out the slide. So he first points over here and then points uh, over here to the Seattle's right. That implies that, Seattle, uh, that the Rams are sliding their pass protection to Seattle's right, meaning that if it's a five-man protection, which it is, these two are going to be assigned for here and here with, with the... Uh, with the running back um, responsible for Brooks if he were to blitz. Um, so the one-on-ones for Seattle are on this side of the line. Um, mm-hmm. And the the where they won't have one-on-ones because they're in a four-man <clears throat> rush is on this side to read. But if you watch it play out, Seattle ends up running a game on the right side of their line towards the slide, uh, which doesn't really do anything. And on the left side, there's no pass rush game. Like, you could run double techs or tackle end exchange, but the whole purpose of this game is it's like a, a pick and roll again in basketball or like a slant uh, rub route in, in like a passing route combination where you separate and, and pick and rub against the one-on-one. So one guy picks for the other guy to loop round or one guy loops as a pick to then... Uh, separate for the guy coming down to the inside but on this side of the rush they didn't do any game but on this side they did so you could run two you know like i said you could run it on this side and that side but the fact they didn't on this side makes me think either reed got the center slide wrong which is unlikely because um pete carroll didn't mention that he said reed did a good job basically or i don't think draymond jones and mafe heard um, you, you think maybe they were supposed to run a text then? I, I think they should have been running a stunt. Um, Interesting, yeah. Because uh, there was there was a lack of stunting this game, I felt. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's dumb to pick on one... It's dumb to pick on one snap of a player individually not succeeding um, uh, for, for a, a pass rusher because like a 10%, 15% success rate is considered good. So that means, you know, there's going to be 70 to 80% of your snaps or you're doing nothing. But this is this is just kind of an example of why Jerry Mont Jones doesn't have a lot of, as much juice as you'd think he would. I mean, you can tell how he's styled. He's a speed finesse guy and there just isn't enough speed to his game. He just can't get the corner. But again, like I said, it's unfair to, to take one snap and pick on him, but there's just so many of his reps looked like this, and so many of these reps looked like that in Denver, man. Yep. Yep. But. But again, for for the way that they're rushing together as well, it doesn't make sense. Like the the path he's taking needs a wide edge rusher, not this type of game. Yeah, because because boy is going to be type rush. Absolutely. Because Boye is going to want to power guys, so it should be like Taylor and and Draymond paired up. And Draymond ends up knocking Boye over, like, and again, that's something that will keep reoccurring. 
Yep. All right. Okay. Okay, so next, third and four this time. This one, I believe, is the... Yeah, so this just happens. Stuff like this just happens. This is like a crunch-style run. Um, it looks like split zone, but I think it's like a crunch-style run. They're free-releasing the tackle. They're free-releasing the center. Seattle's in dime. Their alignment's asking for it. They didn't get got like this again. It's just one of those... Yeah. It's like a good play call, basically. Now, yeah. you'd like Wagner's eyes to be a bit more thing in run, and you'd like Bryant to be a bit more in tune, but he's having to get off the line of scrimmage. I don't know if he's checking out of a blitz here or what with the wide trade, but yeah, it's just a tough yeah. spot for them. So Bryant becomes the A-gap player. Bobby is the uh, B-gap player. Yeah, and it hits up the B, but... Um... And then the uh, the safety at the top needs to basically be the new C-gap player. Or does Bobby need to, because with the motion, oh, no, no, they're just pulling the chain. So technically, Bobby needs to fit outside of the tackle. He's the C-gap player. Bryant needs to kick into the B, and then Love needs to move right, into the A. Yeah, you're right, yeah. So it's a tough, but, you know, good play call, well done. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, I have to grab my charger, so you got to ride solo for about 22 seconds. Okay. So... Here we have um, the the third third down again third third down of the um, third and four plus sorry of the opening drive this is as well so this is a third and ten so Seattle's in their two four five personnel this is what I mean by a two uh, three technique front I've seen it called green uh, I've seen it called jet but we'll just call it two three techniques uh, the idea being that you know, let's not worry about the center. Let's try and get these guys wide angles on the guards, and then we can run games from there as well. Uh, too high shell. And one thing you could say is that Seattle could have done a better job disguising stuff. Stafford, again, played lights out and did a good job of his cadence of getting them to, to undress certain things. Now, they mugged the front to try and get them to slide over here to get one-on-ones over here, which uh, is not relevant because the Rams keep six in protection along with their tight end. The problem on this play, I don't... I mean, Griff, you've come back at just the right moment. So this is a good coverage beater, like with how Seattle's playing this. Bryant is playing as the dime. He plays with man eyes on the back. Stafford looks out here and then zips it into this window. Yeah. Big hit at the sticks, 10-yard completion, broke at eight yards, bang. It's cover four over on this side. So uh, this is a quarter from Trey Brown. This is a quarter. Over here could be palms, um, or it could just be four as well. I have I a think, feeling it's palms. I thought maybe it was a really soft cloud from, from Mullen. No, Diggs' was... feet aren't right for that, in my opinion. Okay. Like, and Diggs is kind of mirroring the stem of the two. Okay. I don't, I don't know. It's because I thought, um, the uh, is that is that Artie at the bottom? Twenty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he just didn't seem like a flat defender, but I guess no one's taking him to the flat, so why would he? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what made me think it was palms. Right. Because it's oh, kind okay. of tight. No, you're right. You're right. Um, um, and three, three. He's looking at three, and he blocks. 
Good, very good point. Yeah. Very good. Point. But anyway, anyway, up the top here, well, I I understand that Brian is playing this back like this. But if you're going to play with man eyes on the back here, then why would you not be even more aggressive with one of these two? Surely you would play <laughs> one of them a bit closer. I mean, well, to be fair, I... it's a very tight window throw, and McVeigh praised it. Um, yeah. as a great catch from Van Jefferson extending the drive. but um... so, so, I mean, there's a couple of things there. Well, one, I mean, I don't think this is necessarily bad from Love. Like, that's a pretty good click and close, but I would maybe squeeze it a bit earlier. Now, Jamal would have been all over this. Jamal lives for this right here. Jamal would yep. have hit this. He would have, it would have been a, a hit as tag or a hit as caught, like pass breakup. But the reason why he's love is probably not being as aggressive is that he has to make sure the final three or the slot from the other side isn't isn't bending toward him. Because who is the mic right now? When your mic can't close off the middle of the field in a two-eye structure, the weak safety has to be able to pro provide overlap if his indicators take him there. So yeah, the, look at the, Love's eyes on this play. Right. He's reading, he's making sure nothing's coming from the strong side. And then he gets so so it's just a downstream effect of having Bobby at Mike right now. If Jordan's here, the weak safety can be more aggressive. This is actually a super cool look because you see Love check on the one to see what type of release he got on the outside and then check back to three uh and then come back to Stafford. Yeah, and it's a bullet of a throw too, man. Like right on line. Like and I know it seems pitch and catch, but um now in this situation, Ken Norton Jr. probably would have clouded the weak side anyway. Well, I just don't get on third and ten, why are you having this guy not pack tighter and play more off rather than a man pure man eyes on the back? Yeah, and that's the thing. If you want to defend the check down, you're giving up the intermediate. If you want to defend the intermediate, you're giving up the check down. You should prioritize the intermediate over the check down. And then from there, your ability to defend the check down is how quickly your pass rush gets home. Because that means. Because, because yeah. if, you know, this guy breaking in with the quarter safety looking for it means that this guy has outside leverage to help, you know, if a back catches the ball and you miss a tackle. Yeah. Now, but, okay, backside of trips, though, I mean, they, they do often lock the weak corner anyway. So why, why not just let him, like, or like give your scheme yeah. something? Yeah. Like, like you got to just live with matchups occasionally. And if you can't have Trey Brown, you know, play tight here, then because you need release valves. There needs to be pressure valves somewhere. So that means someone has to carry a load so that you can redistribute resources elsewhere. If if Trey can play tighter, then the weak safety can play the way he is playing so that he can provide overlap to the strong side so that he doesn't have to be super hard on the on the weak X receiver. But and then uh, it's just uh, the interconnectivity, man. Yeah. And then pass rush wise, talking connectivity. Um Taylor bashes into Reed. I don't know if he's trying to run an inside game, but they're just not rushing together. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that's bizarre. Like that's just that's just shoddy. Like, is that a poorly poorly performed exit stunt? It, it must be, but it's just weird. But Reed didn't rush like he was expecting that. Maybe they worked it where like Reed likes to um, like fold over late. 
or something. Yeah, but it's, it's a timing and chemistry issue, isn't it? Yeah, he's still too upfield too quickly. <laughs> it's just amateur hour, man. No, see, all right, here. Okay, go ahead. This is uh, third and four with uh, on the same drive again. So the fourth one they allowed. Here's this like head start kind of motion going inside this rub, which is a good design. Um, it's very he, good. He doesn't get the football. So Seattle, again, the different type of front. So it's the two, three techniques, Bobby Wagner mugging down. When you set, put five guys down, the idea is that you get uh, big on big spacing, meaning the center has Wagner, this guard has uh, the three tech, which is Mario Edwards. The tackle has the edge. The right guard has this three tech, and then the right tackle has this edge. Um, the back uh, would pick up uh, the dime, the, the next most dangerous, or just release and you play just with five, or you can involve the tight end. But the idea is that you're going to get man protection showing this. Um, and then Seattle, uh, they do get man protection, but the back stays in, uh, which is a win because you've kept the back right. into protection. You've kept six in protection. You can't get stretched by the back releasing on a route either side. So it's seven on four versus um, seven on five. Yeah. Let's look at the, the rush first. So Mario Edwards is picking for Wagner. The idea being that the guard should step down, which he did, and then... Bobby Wagner can loop around to the quarterback or the back has to block him, but he's matched up on a running back, which is a matchup he should win. Uh, but Edwards didn't really pick the the guard well, and Bobby's change of direction isn't as fast as some rushers would be. Him dipping out like this is kind of coffeehouse-like to, to fake, like get the attention off him as though he's dropping back into coverage and then yeah. rushing. But it just the timing of it, the speed of it, it didn't quite work, uh, even though they kept the back in protection. Which I still take as a win yeah, overall. It's like just it's... Down the line, like Jamal Adams had a sack against Denver with this sort of thing. Down the right. line, it's much more effective with a quicker guy. Right. But, um, I mean, I'd say it's a good it's a good use of Bobby on the field in a pass call. Because like, yeah. you've, def you've defended the running back effectively. Yeah, and why 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 it's big that the running back stayed in is Seattle didn't even have to send five doing this. Uh, they dropped Dow Taylor into pass coverage, so we can discuss what Taylor's coverage was. So Seattle on the back end in the type of cover three zone. Now the way yeah. that this is passed off, I think they're just playing pure cover three, right? I don't yeah, think it's it a bonus fire zone. No, it's cover three with Taylor just being your strong hook dropper. Yeah. And now, he's actually not that bad here. He did, he does fine. He drops to his hash. But the yeah. problem is Kobe Bryant plays like he is in this flat here and Julian right. Love plays like he's in this flat here. Right. There is no... If someone's on this hash where the ball is caught, it's a pick. Right. Or or he holds it and he's like, oh shit. And then he scrambles and throws it away because his running back is blocking. He can't check it down because it's seven on four, not seven on five. So th this is just Kobe not knowing what he's doing right now. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and Love tries to communicate that there's a route coming in. Um, he picks up the, the shallow, uh, but Kobe obviously doesn't hear. It's loud. There's a lot going on, but he's also playing like he's the curl flat. So the communication between Love and Brian is missing here. But really, if you're the dime... 
I think Kobe's just gone into strong safety mode here. Obviously, he played strong safety all in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just thought he got the call, uh, and he was like, "Okay, I'm playing strong safety. This is my two. But yeah. He just and he should just be in this space right here. And if he is there, there is nowhere to go of this football. Nowhere to go. And uh, like again, I think Kobe will get better, but this is where we want to see Jamal. Like. Jamal. Or, um, Jordan Brooks can do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. Oh, yeah. I mean. And, and Griff, you made a point to me about how, like, hook drops and, and zone drops. You can say it's quite easy. Like, you just drop into a spot, right? But it does yeah. take a lot of time and reps, yeah? Yeah, like, what spot are you dropping to and when? Like, th- th- that answer, that, the answer to that question is in all those other things that we talked about earlier, those, those indicators, formation, initial releases, stems, quarterback eyes, the depth of the quarterback drop. Like you're re- reverse engineering the entire offensive play call with only like three or four data points that you're collecting at like within two seconds to tell you what to do with your body. And a, a good spot drop versus a bad spot drop can be the difference of a yard to your left or a yard deeper or a yard shallow. And then all those things at the right point in time too. So, um, like the the like Bobby Wagner in his prime was a very good spot dropper in his prime. Uh, KJ Wright is like maybe the best I personally have ever seen. And Bobby's a better overall linebacker than KJ was, but like that's something that KJ you can give to him. Like one of the best spot droppers in the league. Um, like he probably provided teach tape for because think about all those teams trying to copy the Seahawks cover three and everyone runs cover three, but especially from like 2012 to 2017, 18, when teams are trying to copy it, they were probably watching a lot of KJ Wright tape to learn like the meat and potatoes of what their hook drops were supposed to look like. So and Bobby too, of course, but like what made Bobby even more special was that he could turn and run with four, four running receivers. Right. Yeah. Um, so I know that Pete Carroll, after the game, I, I've seen it in the chat. He said that they didn't blitz a lot, or like they didn't. They actually did blitz more. I think Pete was just a bit heated. Um, like on these third and four plus situations, um, you know, they they pressured thirty eight point four percent of the snaps. Like that's fairly significant. Um, so here, this is an end of half situation, so it's not a big deal, but it's quite a good example of how cracked Stafford is. So. He undresses that Kobe Bryant's coming on a pressure and undresses this kind of rotation on the back end. Like, this griff is pretty obviously cover one, right? Like, the the way that the corners look, the way that these overhangs are. It's either cover one or a fire zone. Yeah, this could be a bonus fire zone. Um, the man eyes on the... I don't know. But it it's... plays out for all intents and purposes the same. Stafford does a brilliant job here. Um, you know, he was going to get hit if he didn't throw this, but he picked the right guy. Um, this is fine coverage. Uh, he just looks outside and then throws to the spot here, which is like a, a beautiful throw. Yeah. Um, like, the, like I'll uh, live with that one, you know? Pardon? Like, I was saying, I'll live with that one. Yeah, like, look how he looks to the out here to get Nwosu to hold and not get too middle and then pings it just inside him. I mean, and, this is cracked football. Yeah, look at the release angle, like his arm slot. Like he can throw any type of ball at any time. Yeah. And uh, pressure-wise, I mean, it's good pressure, isn't it? They got 
Bobby on the back. He almost beat the back. Just first thing was open. And yeah. disguise-wise, they're trying to make this look like it could be the two-man look, which we saw earlier. Yeah. Just Kobe got undressed by the cadence. So that's tough. Um, and, and, you know, as we've said, Stafford played a really good game. NFL is insane. Yeah. Now, here we have double A-gap look. But uh, Kobe comes out again. Stafford, good cadence. Center gets the ID, the mic point. Kobe's now on the back. Here's this head start motion. Uh, Stafford immediately checks the safety, knows where he's going with the ball. Bang. Uh, Tariq Woolen had his gate opened, kind of. Um, Nakua got him moving uh, in press, closed space. There's no one in this low hole area. Stafford gets the ball out quickly. Again, good arm that's, angle work. On a on a positive note, that's pretty good from Trey. Like feeling out the um, closing space on the stem. Staying square, playing top yep. down. Yep. Because he has um, no idea what that route could be. That route could break in either direction. He feels that out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so but yeah. Th this is just cracked Stafford, but uh, Tariq Woolen here, the technique is not good. Um, yeah. He stays over the top, but this is opening the gate, not staying square, um, which is why he then has to flip his hips back for the transition. Um, good point. This is a release right down the middle, really. He has not left his frame. He can just he can be square and put two hands on here. He doesn't need to do what he did. Um, and that's how that happens. Um, anything else to add, Griff, pass rush-wise? Um, I mean, the design of the pressure, I think, is effective enough, unless I was thinking of the other play. <clears throat> well, th this is something. Bobby Wagner crashing into Draymond Jones. Like he slips as well, but the timing is off between the two. Um, again, chemistry's poor. Like how many plays have we seen where they? Yeah. There's three now. Guys bashing into each other. Um, if, if the ball was padded even once, though, Bobby would still manage to get there. Yeah. So I, I think the structure of what they're going for with their game was uh, like the theory was confirmed there anyway. Just need a better execution. Yeah. Draymond slipped a few times this game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He might have a cleat issue. All right. So th this is the overload line. So the idea being with the overload line, um, hold on. So Draymond Jones is wearing 55, so they're like, oh, he could be a linebacker. But essentially, you have one, two, three guys uh, the on one side of the field. You should know this because it's the name of our podcast for a reason. Then you have your, your guy here. So, uh, you know, the idea, again, by mugging Bobby Wagner down is that they go big on big. So one, two, three, four, five, but then you're you've got one-on-ones and tough angles on this side of the field. Um, and if, if Bobby Wagner drops out or the other thing you can do is you can 
full slide or or slide and have the back take one of these guys out here preferably the the linebacker right so you'll see that stafford does some communication so the center points out um oh they also involve kobe bryant so that's why they end up sliding over to this side because there's four threats over here and they only have three guys so impressive job from the rams getting this done and the the running back as well um uh, Nate Tice did a good video on this. Uh, the running back is told by Stafford as well, make sure that you're getting this um, to pick up Bobby Wagner that we're going to slide over here. So sliding over to these guys, picking up Bobby Wagner, Bryant dropped out as the rat, but they do a great job in protection. Stafford, good job buying time. Um, Seattle's running a pick game here to try and separate to the man side. Uh, Reed does mm -hmm. get kind of free, but and and Bobby does, but by the time it doesn't matter because the coverage was difficult. But Griff, anything on the the pass rush? No, no, you you covered it. So, uh, coverage wise, why is it difficult? Well, Seattle's in man to man. They're they're playing at different levels. You want to be at different levels because um, if you're all at the same level and it's condensed like this, uh, you're going to run into each other. So this is a good you know they're in a good levels job here um it's just cover one so this is the post safety uh julian love is man on this guy uh arty burns is man on nikua and then uh brown is man on tutu atwell but the problems are this running behind this kind of natural pick is a lot of leverage to gain um and because i think love didn't want to give up the sticks bearing in mind this is a third and eight he wants to play at the sticks but this receiver is he doesn't back up much and so they end up at very similar levels and the rams just time it brilliantly um the way that this goes behind the first pick and then in front of right directly in front of love's guy makes it murky um and so they run into each other yeah, because Trey doesn't know if he's running a shallow or not. I mean, no, I, I mean to Trey, he's fighting to get quick leverage. Right. He's already had to work over the top. He's fighting to get leverage on this route. Um, Love needed to be uh, more aware here and back up more. Yeah, uh, he's the essentially Trey has to always go over the top of anyone on this side. Love has to go over the top of everyone because he's the deepest guy. Um, so you have to maintain that initial relationship and, and just be aware. You know, he takes one step back. Trey's had to take a lot of steps back. So, But great design from the Rams, how this is behind, and then that's directly in front with the slight yeah. delay off the line of scrimmage <clears throat> from the third receiver. But, you know, I this is quite an innovation, like the Dolphins were doing this, this head start motion. But I imagine Seattle didn't prepare for that kind of motion uh, into bunch. They'll have prepared their bunch stuff, as we see, from the fact they've separated their levels. They all seem to know how to do it to a degree, but that head start motion is a mess for them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's unfortunate. Now...
Oh no, that's fine. That play should have been a touchdown, though. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so everything was going anyway. bad for Seattle, as we know. And when things are bad, they're bad. So using three buzz was quite a cool wrinkle. So Diggs is coming down into the strong hooker cover three. Uh, and they're playing it f with Wagner in the weak hook. <clears throat> like yeah. here, it gets thrown over Diggs's head. He's too short. But Woolen, this is his best player of the game. Nice undercut and, and great pass breakup. And Diggs at least does force a higher throw. He does, yeah, of course, yeah. But that's um, still insane. Like, that Stafford just feeling himself, man. Absolutely fearless. Yeah. But, but good, good defense from... Uh, I think Tariq could have... Uh, Reek, sorry, could have uh, picked this off. Hold on. Mm, pause. May maybe not. But, yeah. But the play died because of this good, nice quick jam. But then that is hands to the face, uh, trying to reset to stay in front. And unfortunately, they threw the flag. Yep. Uh, any thoughts on the pass coverage here? Uh, I mean, I don't like picking on him, but I hate how much space Bobby's giving. He's practically conceding the first down from the final three receiver just to prevent the touchdown. Um, because he opened up later at another point, and it's just he knows he doesn't have the speed, so normally he'd play this tighter. He's just mm. giving so much depth. Yeah. Yeah, although the, he doesn't know, like, the receiver could have been taken it all the way. He didn't throttle down, didn't he? Yeah, it's just Brooks tempos that out. Brooks plays everything honestly to what he's seeing when yep. he plays a route he never he never like you know, like a hitter in baseball sits on a pitch they expect a pitch and then react to anything that isn't that pitch like brooks never sits on a route he he plays exactly what the receiver is telling him because he trusts his athleticism to be able to drop his hips and drive whenever he needs to mm -hmm. and so he tempos it out he plays it as tight as you can he doesn't concede any ground till he has to pretty much um, and then when it's bad, it's bad. So this is just cracked Stafford. Like Nwosu gets a really good rush off the edge. Uh, maybe he could have been wider, but he's going to speed to power and he does win the outside half. Seattle's in that kind of two-man coverage again. Um, notice what's interesting to me is... Actually, no, this isn't an example. But anyway, they... They have pretty good leverage on the route. This is just a cracked throw to space and somehow complete Mike Jackson. <laughs> I mean, this throw was like, all right, man. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the wi the window here is like, it's, it's just nuts. It's nuts because, uh... yeah. And what's, what's also crazy is how... Um... This is S-tier quarterback play. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's crazy how he he stays alive in the pocket as well, and, and yeah, buys that little yeah. that almost half it's not a half roll, but the step yeah. to the his right to to buy like, the time to get it off. Like he's chilling, looking at Uchenna Nwosu coming down on him. Like his tackle's getting driven. He's like, ah, whatever. See how he reads the backside safety. Yeah, and then, bang, knows where he's going, throws it to a spot. It's like he might as well be playing seven on seven. 
right now and he doesn't he's just like screwing yeah. around in the backyard like oh i'm pretending the rush is coming from my blind side i'm gonna how do we view <laughs> the pass rush here i mean i think you have a win for Muchen and the wosu i think if you have good coverage and the quarterback's patting the ball you can take that from jaron reed from your from your a gap rusher it's kind of a late win, right? Like th this right there is why Jaron Reed registered so well on the pass rush win rate uh, by ESPN last year and this game is because he kind of had a lot of these late arcing outside rushes, mm -hmm. uh, which are only effective if, if the quarterback's holding the ball. I mean, it's, it's, it's a late win. <clears throat> it's good, not um, impact, good but... illustration of the overload front as well and the mugging. It gets Nwosu one-on-one. They full slide here, have the back for Wagner, so Nwosu is yeah. one-on-one. And even with them full sliding here, they're like very wide over. So um, Jones, even Reed with how he rushes and Taylor, they're all one-on-one -on -one basically. Mm -hmm. like, this guy is just not really doing it. He can't get there. Uh, he gets to Jones spinning, but yeah. And I, I do like how this defends the check down though. So I like the structure of this play. You know, like I, I like I like the intentions with Bobby as part of the rush. Even if he's not rushing part of the rush math, the pressure look and all of that stuff. Because I do think that will allow them to handle the running back. There were only two running back targets this game, and I think a lot, a lot of it was was scheme um, that impacted it. And then Bobby like doing well within the scheme at that sort of thing. Um, it was any time they, they asked Bobby to be involved deeper where they were running into issues. Um, so hopefully, just Brooks becomes more of a three down player uh, with his workload, and then they get Jamal in there. And then also Kobe just needs to be better, man. He can be, but... Yeah, uh, his main issues came on second down, didn't they, really? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so Griff, that's a bit of the defensive issues. And, and you know, second down passing-wise, I, I think the Rams could have passed more because I think Seattle had the same coverage problems. But, we, you know, we said it in the post-game show... All of this stuff here is very much catered to defending the pass. Like, these are passing coverages. There's nothing to do with... Uh, I mean, heck, we saw Seattle gave up a run because they weren't geared up to play the run. Like, the Seattle's success uh, limiting the Rams running backs to 2.6 yards per carry or 2.2 if you include that last drive, the garbage time drive, that didn't come at the expense of the pass coverage. Now, it might have done from a coaching focus standpoint where they've spent all off-season saying how to stop the run and set edges and play good leverage and, and maybe not dialed in enough to play the pass. I, I think that's too early to say, but in terms of scheme, in terms of play calls, they were doing what they felt was best to stop the pass. It wasn't about, and it wasn't a structure where it's like, this guy has a, is playing run first and that's why he's bad to the pass. No, they're all of this stuff, which we've just seen is just bad, um, pass coverage, bad pass rush. Um, and I think, Quite a bit of it is a lack of familiarity with each other too. That, that's the other factor to this. Um, Witherspoon coming mm. back in, Jamal Adams coming back in when that does happen. It's just that kind of talent bump that they need along with, you know, familiarity um, being a thing which will improve uh, communications, mm. uh, et cetera. Griff, do you, anything to add on that or are you ready for the offense? I I mean, yeah, I would just be repeating myself at that point. So I, I'm, I'm in uh, concurrence with you. Okay. So, Griff, what the hell happened on the offense? How do they go from where they should have been more than one score in front, because uh, Jason Myers misses field goal, right? Yeah. To a situation where 
brother, they end up 0.9 yards per play in the second half. Yeah. And that's generous because most of the yards came in garbage time. They basically had three yards in the entire second half. Is it all just the tackles going down or is there like actual indicators of problems? I don't know. I th- I mean, the, the first half, like they were okay. Had they hit one one explosive in the, they hit their field goals, maybe a little sharper in the end zone. I mean, they could have had a, a, a really successful first half. I mean, they could have come out with 20 points in the first half. And I think you take that um in the in the second half they didn't really throttle the scheme down as much as it looked like on as much as i thought that they would have uh, when i went into the tape or at least as much as i thought they they did watching live they were still going for it um they, they were doing even trying to access the the middle more um the the uh, the intermediate middle they they drew up some concepts for jackson smith and jigba in a couple of cases the ball just didn't go his way because because there were other receivers open in the earlier parts of the progression. Um, in other cases, you could tell that Gino was trying to get to Jackson and the tackles were just crumpling um, and there just weren't a lot of opportunities there. So um, ultimately, I, I think the the passing game was in the second half was, yeah, I would chalk it all up to protection. I don't think Gino made really any errors um, in, in the second half, any decision-making errors from Gino. Um, there was... Um, there was um, a case where uh, – oh, no. So the only other thing I think of the second half they probably should have tried was was um, running the ball a little bit more. Um, they passed a lot. I mean, they had to score, right? Yeah, but uh, it's crazy to me they didn't run it. Like, I, I, I don't understand that you know that's Jake Curran's strength. Um, I know there's a limited play sample size and in, in terms of this game and the game plan, I think they really wanted to be like quick game on, on early downs, right? Like highly efficient passing game stuff. But I just don't understand the lack of run when, you know, they're getting, they were really good running the ball. And part of that is you don't do too much of it. You you keep it efficient. Um, but like Walker had a tough first drive where he missed, um, he should have followed his pull around, right? And then... The second half, yeah, just, they just didn't do it. <laughs> right. Yep. Surely agreed. the way to I, help I mean, out struggling tackles is is to. Hmm. Um. R- r- really quick. Um. I'm being accused of being negative in the. Uh, in the uh the the chat. If you want to look at oh, what a well, good that play, is, I mean that is true. Okay. If if you want to look at a a example of what a weak hook player looks like taking on a final three receiver or tight end in the red zone i just retweeted it right now you can go check it out there's kj that's how it should look like that's what it should look like bobby's giving way too much depth in that example it's not good coverage he's defending the the touchdown but he's giving up about an eight yard completion of stafford goes there so and that would have been a first down um maybe caught right before that so i just don't think that's a good example but i just retweeted what it looks like there's kj opening up to george kittle of all people so um i don't i disagree that that's a good play from um, a good example of coverage from bobby's playing way too conservative um anyway uh and plus i I, th- I think i was positive toward bobby um at least how he like there's still a role for him i've said like he was good against the run this game for the most part um and i he's, think i thought he was be... great against the run other than stuff where 
it's going like a gap is changing quickly. I mean, he, uh, he gave up two of the touch. Like if you're going to assign blame on the touchdown runs, yeah, two, two of the three are on him. Like one of them, he of the... thought there was a false start, which meant he was late off the ball and he cannot be afford to be late off the ball. But yeah, the other one, he just took a shot and was wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I still, he's had a good game against the run and I like how they're trying to use him to manipulate the math in the box um, against the pass, trying to keep it seven on four as much as possible instead of seven on five. But anyway, um, we're talking about the offense. We're talking about the offense. But so, you took offense. So I, so I was saying how I thought they actually were functional in the first half. In the second half, they didn't really throttle the scheme down. They were going for it. It wasn't like just quick game and check down. Well, there was quite a bit of quick game, but they were still trying to access the the second level. They just couldn't hold up for it. Um, I don't. I don't really think KJ missed anything, um, or uh, we, Gino missed anything. KJ, we could KJ um, we could just watch the the whole second half. It's only ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 I mean, go ahead, pull pull up some plays. What is there a particular play which stands out to you as like uh, endemic, symptomatic of the the entire offensive struggles? Um, because I mean that's a pretty good start. The do, do you remember the mesh play, and where he I think it's one of Geno's sacks. He's trying to progress to Jackson. He's going to give Jackson a chance on the deep dig. Did so, they get so, too cute in the second half, Griff? No, they really didn't. In fact, they were trying to not be cute. They were trying to score, but they couldn't. Now, right here, this is just really well defended. They got a lot of yardage off of this play last year. This is immaculate half-quarter quarter from the Rams. This is amazing quarter play. I love how it looks like Tampa double-two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think part of this is they ran this from pistol. Yeah, they know, they knew what they were getting here. Look at this safety. This safety knows. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Yeah, that safety knows. That's very good. And unfortunately, it kind of works against them because he plays it tighter because if it is a run, he has to come down on the run support. So in a way, it yep. kind of kills them. Um, now, they're also in that formation because they're trying to get an extra body on Donald, right? Yep. The protection. Now, this is blocked up fairly well. You could probably call this just a minor miscue from Gino. Ball could have been out slightly earlier. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm wondering why he decided to throw the out. I guess he thought he had man, which he did, but the way that it plays out is just the timing's janked up, isn't it? Yeah. Which is why press coverage is cool. Great uh great job here. Look at this. Reset the hands. Bang. Oh, is that that's Cody Thompson getting worked. Wow. Yeah, he has Cody Thompson here has to understand his role. Like he is not getting the ball here when he's been jammed like this, so he doesn't need to worry about getting off the release. Like it's man to man. It's about having the 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 poise to understand and and realize you guys mm -hmm. can't see it as well as I can. At this point here, he's jammed to heck. He's jammed to heck. He cannot. He the problem is he breaks back inside, which brings the corner back into this. Because he just um, needs to clear it out. 
yeah, he needs to just run all the way outside release, basically. Um, with the because this is basically quick game wide cross, isn't it? As we call it. Yeah, I mean it's Ohio front side, and then and then like a slant and a fin backside. So I'm it surprised would um, Gino didn't look to the slot and Tyler, but maybe he thought there'd be a rat there. I'm, like, I'm surprised he didn't look at the slants. Yeah, he might just be worried about the rush getting home, honestly. Yeah, like, and JSM was meant to be this answer, wasn't he? I mean, he's yeah. he's open, I guess. Does he miss this, or does JSM let it go through his hands? It's hard to tell. I mean, it could have been caught, but like... Yeah, he's got to yards. catch that. Come on. It's, it's two or three yards, you know? Yeah, but it's a first down. Is it? I don't mm. know. Ah, he's short. Yeah. All right. And he does throw it slightly late. But I, d I don't know yeah. if he gets paused by how that corner... I don't know. Yikes. Yeah, so it's not great when your guys are falling over. Like, Yikes. Like that that would have been caught. Like why does he fall over? Does he get tripped? He just oh, stumbles out of it. It's just oh, not a no. good look for, for old Tyler there. Oh no. But, but they, what they, I would say is why is he clutching? The the throw is there to be made still. Yeah, it is. It is. Like what? I don't know why he hesitates here. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um. And then, yeah. Yeah, that ball should still come out. Agreed. Does he think Jones is going to get there? No. I, I just think... I don't, maybe he's worried about the a hand of the throwing lane. I don't know. Maybe yeah, you he don't thought, like to see that. Maybe it's like a delayed reaction to his process. Like, I'm not throwing this, but then his... Oh, no. No, no, no. There's nothing really here. What is this? He could have... Now, he could have decided to wait for Fant's uh, little dig route. But he's reading the corner, the off corner. And I'm not sure to the field that's the right choice. I mean the Ram the Rams I love I love their coverage spacing, but they just don't believe that Seattle is going to run the ball here, which is correct. But like, it becomes a problem when you end up having four over three, <laughs> um, and really good spacing. It's three buzz, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, weak buzz maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, actually. Yeah, it could just be four with a poach. But It's interesting he decided to throw Tyler outside. I know this corner's off, but it's, he's running into the leverage. And it's a very good break. Like, I'm surprised he didn't work this type of deal. Yeah, yep, I agree. Yeah. Not great. And I felt in game this was early contact. Like he the contact's here and the ball's not there yet. So it's mm. kind of PI. 
I mean, he's hit him and the ball's not there. Now the ball's there. Yeah, true. That's true. What is this? So they're running this to I go mean, wide. It's, it's, but... it's zone, but I don't know why. Well, okay, yeah, it's, it's zone. It goes it's so just... wide. Like, why doesn't he cut it back? Yeah, I mean, they spiked the end. He probably sees that and thinks the edge is hooked or something. But the, I mean, the, the 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 cutback is here, but he's really running wide. They get good wash on the on Donald. Agreed. But this spiking just kills it. As Seattle's found with their run defense, going in the big gap bubble spikes the ball further outside mm -hmm. and janks up this combo. But this should be foot in the ground and cut up, right? Maybe it's just not how the read is co uh, coached. Yeah. Bang. This is a lot of daylight. Yep. By NFL standards. I mean, Walker doesn't have the best the best anticipatory vision. Yeah. No. He's getting he's getting there, but. Yeah, Lee's saying Forsyth uh, should have just let this guy go. I I don't think so. Maybe I don't think so though, because the whole purpose of this is I think ninety one trying to get over the top. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Just the draw play? No. Okay, so this play on Twitter got a lot of um, a lot of coverage. I saw. Really? I mean, it's White Cross or yeah. ninety nine, really. So people were upset. Gino decided to throw the the go ball, which we can't even see on my screen. But well, so, so the thing is that you read the go first. And then you yep. scan. So he doesn't know if Jackson is. I mean, Jackson is open. That's the thing. That's why I think they'll go for him. But he doesn't know that Jackson. It doesn't matter that Jackson is open or not because if he if he reads that DK is targetable, then it, I mean because DK is the first read in the progression. So if your first read in the progression is targetable, it doesn't matter if the ensuant reads are open or not. Yeah, <clears throat> and and the other thing, I mean, we can't see DK here. I'm sorry, I can't work out why that is. Um, but at the back of his drop, he's looking here and he's held the safety enough to throw to DK. Um, yeah, this is all predetermined. Also, this rat here is in this window. Like, um, is it a rat? Yeah, it's, it's cover one. Yeah. This guy, man on the tight end, he's blocking. By the time, you know, if he comes here, this is guy's going to get underneath it. Now, JSN is open, but design-wise, uh, and maybe the end zone will show you DK a bit better. Essentially, he's held this safety enough to access the sideline. 
Um, DK just didn't win his route. Uh, and yeah. yeah, the ball's off target as well. But I don't know how but, much that is Gino seeing that the route's not run at all, uh, one at all. Yeah, and like Gino's thrown that ball more than enough times with DK's uh, relation to the DB at the point of the throw and they've connected. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of trust in DK there to win, right? Because he does yeah. often on that route. So I do and like if that. He'd, it, if he'd come back to JSN here, uh, he gets sacked. True. Foresight yeah. kind of worked here play strength wise. Hands to the face as well. I do think Gino would have cleared that linebacker no problem though if he if it was a matter yeah. of making the throw. Love this head fake from JSN. Yeah, I do like that he's separated now. The 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 corner is is if he's going to lose, he's making sure he loses to the right leverage. But yeah, I mean JSN, you could say dusts him almost. I'm frustrated that we can't see an angle of this. I don't know how to on DK. Yeah, I don't know how to show that. Um, is there settings I can play? Oh. Is there settings? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll work it out at some point. Right, well, we're halfway... We're basically halfway through the, the second half. Oh dear. This is when you know that they're in trouble when they're calling stuff like this. I think this is a good read, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do here. DK's not open, really. Two yards. Ball should be caught here. Yeah, bang. Ball, ball needs to be gone now, now. But he's got to make that catch. No, yeah, the ball needs to be caught. That's what I was saying. All oh, right, yep, yep, yep. First slant, good press. Second slant, yeah, that's that's not good enough. Right in the chest, turns upfield too fast, took his eye off it. A pass pro is doing okay here as well. Lewis managing against Donald. Yeah. Quick game. Um. Oh no. Oh no! I know. Oh no. Switch release off off the top. This is a play they ran in the mock game. Why? Uh, I guess I don't know why he um, has second thoughts about throwing the outside hitch. I guess the defense. Yeah, I feel he could throw that outside hitch. I don't know why he came off that. Maybe the way the DB is. Yeah, the deep by the t when he comes off it, the DB still square, isn't he? Yeah. I guess he thought the DB was breaking on that. 
He also has a rush of right in his... Yeah, I mean, this is past pro dying, isn't it? Yeah, it's rough. Rush of right in his face where he's going to throw it. Yeah, ball, the moment the ball's going to come out, it's just not there, is it? Oh, dear. So Seattle handling these kind of interior picks was a problem for them last year. Do you think it's better this year or well, no, it's obviously not better this year yet, but can it can it be, you know, why are other teams good at it and Seattle not? Can we answer that without being in the building? Oh no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they, they don't have their ones out there right now. It's part of it. I, I do think Evan Brown had a good game, though. Yeah, I mean, this is good. Forsyth just gets caught. He doesn't have reactive athleticism. No, I don't know what Forsyth's doing, actually. Like, to do that is insane. Like, and not um, react to this guy. I, th I think he's... Um... I don't even think he, he digests this as a as a game. I think he just thinks he's there's an inside counter he has to protect. Yeah. Which ironically, that's good technique for an inside counter, but it's like not that. Yeah, great work. Uh, and Curran here. I mean, you can probably live with that if Gino's able to step up, but as soon as Gino comes out the back, it's it's not it's not viable. Which is why you fish hook on the backside um, and run the game on this side, right? Yeah. As we were talking about with Seattle's defense. Okay, so pass pro, pass pro killed that one. I mean, this quick game stuff that they should be able to access a lot. I mean, JSN doing this, the tight end group. Ideally, they get more yards there, though. Yeah, I mean, what's he doing? I don't know. It's just kind of. I mean, he was kind of caught in a weird spot. It wasn't easy to get upfield. Will Disley is so good at like just his first step getting upfield and just folding forward every time. But. What, what's the flag about here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Was All that right. DK got flagged? Yes. Oh yeah, it was, it was it was all this nonsense. <laughs> okay. Which I mean, he turns into a blocker. What do they call it? Blindside. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th this is a this is the clear definition of a blindside block. But um, this guy needs to be way more aware. He stopped playing. Uh, with a spoon. Mm. But doing your former team. I mean, the like game that. is done at this point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a rough moment for DK, but he's just frustrated, man. Oh, no. <laughs> so this was the play where I think Gino was going to throw this to Jackson if, if the pocket held up. Yeah, that's going right over the head of this guy. That'd be he's, a nice play. The ball's getting caught right outside the far hash or the near hash. Yeah. Like like right on the other hash. So. Yeah. Oh, oh well. And then, yeah, and but by this point, it's over. So, oh dear. Yeah, I mean that was rough. There's not much hope in that offense. 
I guess the good news is, um, yeah, errors are magnified when your defense is struggling to get off the field. Um, yeah. <laughs> Griff, do you yeah. have any other closing thoughts on the offense? Uh, you know, I'm not that pessimistic though, because I think that so I, th- I, I think that they'll, they'll probably rally around more under center play action early on, just basically run a lot of their, their, what we saw them running out of pistol, start to sequence more out of under center. Um, I think that if you do that enough in the game, you can shift into pistol and catch them in certain looks and then see if you can access the fade. Because the fact that that Gino like was trusting DK on that one fade ball in the nine eight nine play, like th- they hit that, and there's just trust there. So if you get the look, he'll throw it. And Detroit isn't afraid to give them the look. They weren't afraid last time, and they still don't seem afraid to. Um, <clears throat> they just outplay Kansas City's receiver talent. Um, but their structure, they kind of commit to their structure. So I think Seattle's talent beats their structure, um, at least at receiver. So I don't know. I, I think Waldron goes into under center. I think we see a lot of shifting this game mm. and then ex- exploit exploit matchups, basically. It sounds good to me. If I mean, like I said, check out that interview I did with uh, Bryce Rossler of Sports Info Solutions. A, Bryce is a huge Detroit Lions fan, big time homer for the Lions. <laughs> So make sure you do listen because Bryce had a lot of good nuggets along with the fact that Detroit, despite trying to revamp their secondary, uh, even though they took, you know, first round linebacker, first round running back, all that positional value jazz, their secondary still has some some weak spots. Um, Griff, do you know the Detroit Lions cornerbacks? They, uh, they traded Okuda, right? Cameron Sutton and Jerry Jacobs... Sutton, uh, didn't they draft Mosley? They did. Uh, they have Emmanuel Mosley, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, can't Cameron Sutton. All right. Welcome to the club. Jerry Jacobs. Do you, uh, yep. Uh-huh. So, we said it against the Rams that Seattle may have some success. Hopefully, this is, uh, this is a better game. Um Lee asked, "Do you know what I'm worried about? He looks so indecisive. Um, I I do agree. He 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 didn't have his usual um, decisiveness, <laughs> but that could just be you know it's a tough game. It's the first game of the season, uh, and then pass pro uh, in the second half. Uh, it, you know, it gets you a bit scared. Let's hope it comes back. Uh, that, that that those second half stuff is a." Uh, Oof, that's tough. But, guys, the good news is, I think this defense can be for real. I really do. I said about the run defense. Now, the the pass coverage has a lot of troubling elements. But if they can get that good, then they can be a very good defense. Um, And they, they, like, have the talent. So it does come down to coaching. And despite what my timeline said, where people are determined to fire Pete Carroll and saying lots of kind of... uh, just just terrible things about him and ageist um despite all of that uh a lot of that does fall on uh clint hurt uh, as a defensive coordinator 
Um, and then the positional coaches. Uh, believe it or not, Pete Carroll isn't coaching um, the DBs. Um, he, he coaches the coaches, the though. He coaches the which coaches. Is, which is why I suspect we'll see like a narrowing down, not, not as much, not so much adjustments. Did I, did I say that point that on the 13, third and four pluses Seattle had in that last game, 12 of them were unique play calls. So uh, uh, a new front coverage stunt, like, uh, yeah, unique. Um, yeah. Now, you know, there's you can run the same front with a different stunt. That's part of what happened. And the same coverage with a different front. That's part of what happened. But yeah, th 12 or 13 unique play calls. So that is quite a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Great numbers tonight. Please do like the video and comment. Uh, love the chat interaction as well. Um, Griff being called negative is a new one. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually uh, accused of being overly optimistic, so I'm going to have to... I'll, you, I'll become the heel you, if that's You necessary. can't cope anymore. You've lost it. Yeah. Um, and Rohan points out we have Witherspoon's debut to look forward to at least. Absolutely, Rohan. That's going to yeah. be banging. Uh for the Detroit Lions. Now I'm very uh, optimistic. I, I think they I think they beat the Lions. Are the Lions six point favorites I saw? Nuts. That's what happens when you lose both your tackles. I've given Bobby plenty of do this game or this this episode. No, no, you no, you I went up, I went man. deep into you went history. Too far. I went deep into history <laughs> and said how good he was, how he's exemplary. And I'm only saying what the tape showed this game, which I know you agree with anyway. It's really messed up how you, you said they should cut him immediately. You're, you're just letting me do all the heavy lifting there with the Bobby hate. Uh, but it's not even hate. Like I'm saying what he's doing well this game too. Like yeah. I'm not ignoring what he did well. You, you're digging some holes here. Um, and then regarding DK, I mean, I said like, DK wins go routes a lot, so Gino was right to give him a chance. He just didn't win that route. Trade him for Grady Jarrett. <clears throat> I'm not talking nonstop how slow Bobby Grace is. Bobby, win. Bobby is nonstop You're being trolled slow. by chat. <laughs> We're having fun. We're having a good time. We're having fun. We're talking football. Um, if you want to see us talk more football, uh, yeah, download the podcast, five-star reviews, follow Griff at C Mike Spinmo, follow me at Matthew F. Brown. Seahawks on tape substack. There's going to be an article on the third downs that we've covered tonight as well. But the article will have quotes from people, uh, locker room quotes, uh, more data, uh, and it will probably be easier to digest if you prefer. And, you know, it's my writing, so please do su uh, subscribe to that because it's free to subscribe. Uh, you can pay if you want to. I would prefer that, but you don't have to. Uh, and if you pay, you get access to some certain materials that, uh, you know, may or may not exist regarding the Seahawks. Um, there we go. Griff, on Sunday as well, final thing to go out on, Jameer Gibbs is is uh, is C-Mike's reincarnation, right? Just without the spin move. Is he is, is he that kind of runner? I mean, he, his, his debut, he was playing like hair on fire, um just running round blocks it didn't even matter he was just breaking yeah. tackles it was crazy yeah yeah yep okay um i think I, I i think they bottle up detroit's run game though 
Oh no! I'm, I'm, I'm Why very, did he say that? I'm I'm very high on the Seahawks run defense, spirit spearheaded by the one and only Bobby Wagner. I'm really high on it too, but uh, two back and then and counter Morris, and power makes makes me nervous. And just because you hate Bobby, handled, you need to overcorrect now. They they handled gap scheme really well this week. Yeah, but the the lines are a different kettle of fish. No, no. Do you have right. that expression? I don't think we do. Kettle of fish. I don't think we do. All right. Do you know what I've? Do you know what I'm going to write in my article? What? Um. The Seahawks. Um. The Seahawks gave up nine third down. Uh. Nine third and four plus conversions to the Rams. Right. They can't be given nine lives to the Detroit Lions or other non-cat. NFL mascots. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a cookie for that. And that is why Seahawks are right. Substack. Okay, enough plugging. We need to get out of here. It's almost two hours. We were trying to be structured. Yeah. But when it's that messy, it's tough to be structured. But we'll, we'll, we'll get good at it. Chat let, in the comments as well. Let us know how we can improve this because obviously, um, you know, if you're listening, good luck. Uh, this is on YouTube. But if you're if you're like watching along with us, how can we improve it a bit more? Um, we tried to come with two key topics for the night, but ultimately you have the power to to guide uh, the film review show in in uh, the direction you would want. Other than you can't stop Griff hating on uh, legendary Seahawks, like he he's gonna do mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, please let us know. All right. Goodbye, All everyone. Right. Have a good night. Bye.